Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. I want to just bring you into this devotion on uh, Acts chapter 8 and just how, you know, how Jesus really works in your life from the time you give your life to him, uh, you know, and what's the next steps to take. And I want to cover some of these areas this morning in the devotion, because really I started out just as, you know, in a small community, gave my life to Jesus and taking some small steps, obedient steps. And um, over the years, uh, literally God has done amazing things. So in Acts chapter one and verse eight, you know, Jesus, after the resurrection, he spent 40, 40 days with his disciples. Then he ascended up into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit back. And before he went to heaven, he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now, not every one of us is going to be called to travel the nations. We're all going to have different callings, but we're all called to be witnesses. And the word witness there is not just telling somebody something but it's a demonstration of power. In other words, Jesus Christ is alive. And uh, when we talk to people about the things of God, uh, whether it's healing or whatever it is, God wants to manifest his saving power in people's lives to deliver them and set them free. And so we want to look at the Apostle Paul just for a few moments this morning. Before he became the Apostle, he was Saul of Tarsus. And I'm not going to read all of the verses of Scripture, but I want to just focus on this thought is the man that we're about to look at, you know, he was a man that was just headed in the wrong direction. He was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. And he was headed in the wrong direction, uh, persecuting Christians. And he had such an encounter with Jesus in Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. And I really don't have time to read all of these verses for the sake of time. But Jesus met him as he was just bound and determined to go capture more Christians. Some of them would actually get murdered, executed if they didn't uh, give up their faith in Jesus, and Paul was behind all of this. But Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, and the Bible says there was a light that shone around about their whole company, and and uh, it was Jesus appearing to, to Saul, knocked him off of his horse, he was down on the ground, and, and as he's down on the ground, hit by the power of God, he asks this question, who are you? And then he says, Lord, amazing. His life had been impacted, and I really believe this, that uh, anybody who's going to ever be used by God, there is a point in their life where they do have an actual personal encounter, where they know it. There's no question about it, where they know that they've had an encounter with God. And he asks a question. He says, who are you, Lord? And, of course, Jesus responds. He said, I'm Jesus. And and then he asks the second question. He's trembling before God. Uh, Jesus. And he says, because this is the very Jesus he's been persecuting. I guess he would be trembling. And he asked the second question. He says, what would you have me to do? And I believe in all of our lives that those are two major questions that are very necessary for us to ask. Number one is, who are you, Lord? And you know, that question, who are you, Lord, uh, for the next 17 years of Paul's life, first, we know he went into uh, Um, went into the city because Jesus said, go into the city. It'll be showed you what you're to do. And and one of the disciples of the Lord, Ananias, uh, met uh, Saul, went to his house under the instruction and direction of the Holy Spirit, laid hands on 
on Saul. He was re- he received the Holy Spirit, which is very important for every believer to receive the Holy Spirit. There's receiving Jesus, but then receiving the Holy Spirit. It's been said that the world needs to be taught how to receive Jesus, but the church needs to be taught how to receive and yield to the Holy Spirit. It's very important. And so once he's filled with the Holy Spirit and water baptized, he immediately senses the call of God on his life and begins to preach. But, you know, I want you to notice something, that just because a person is born again and receives the Holy Spirit, water baptized, and he even has the fire of God in their heart, we're still not prepared for the actual call of God. Now, it's good we start preaching right away and doing things, but you'll notice that uh, Saul of Tarsus, for the next 17 years of his life, uh, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, for the next 17 years of his life, he's actually literally out of the picture. And it, those are the silent years. He talks uh, in Galatians 1, verse 18, he says, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. So first he goes to Damascus. He's there for three years. Then he spent some time with Peter and has just spent two weeks with Peter. And then he's gone again. In Galatians 2, uh, verse 1, it says, he goes back and he's out of the picture for 14 more years. And after 17 years, we see him where Barnabas comes and gets him and brings him to Antioch in Acts 13. And he does his first missionary journey, but not as the leader of the team. He's not even a team leader yet. So here's a guy that has an encounter with Jesus and fire of God, no question about the call of God, very clear call of God, revelation knowledge. Yet when he goes on his first missionary journey, he's not even the team leader. And I think all of us as believers need to understand something. Just because the call of God is on our life, and we need that sense of the call of God, but we need to uh, get planted in the local church, learn how to submit our lives. Uh, God works out the rebellion in us. He does all sorts of character uh, construction inside of us, removing some things, planting some things in us, and he prepares us for the actual assignment. So all of the different things that we're doing along the way, Uh, God has us get planted in a church. He has us uh, start to serve. So many little things that we do. And those steps of obedience are preparation for the assignment that God has in our life. And so so he he gets to know Jesus through Scripture. And I would say, uh, you know, one one of the major things that happened in my life after I got saved, of course, I got planted in a church. And Psalm 92.13 says, those that are planted in the house of God, they will flourish. And the lady came to me uh, when I was 19 years old, one of the older ladies in the church, and she gave me a grocery bag filled with teaching tapes of preachers, from the United, most of them from the United States, uh, some from Canada. And uh, she said, listen to all of these, and listen to these tapes, and when you're done, I got more for you. And I began to listen to teachings on faith, and who I am in Christ, and the Great Commission, and Uh, all of these great teachings, and uh, I was on the farm at the time working for my dad on the tractor, so I had nothing but time as I went back and forth down the rows in the field, and I put headphones on and just listened to the Word of God eight hours a day, listening to the Word, listening to the Word. I did that for years, and so I had Bible school inside of me going on long before I actually went to Europe to go to Bible school. But what happens is, is when you get the Word of God in you, whether you're called to preach or whether you're called to be a doctor or uh, you're a construction worker or whatever you're called to, 
Uh, having the Word of God inside of you in abundance is so important because God is going to lead you in your business or lead you in that area of ministry. Whatever specific things you're called to, uh, God has a track for each one of us. And uh, But the Word of God coming inside of my heart changed me. It broke things off of my life and imparted the things into me that I needed. And so we see in the life of Saul, uh, eventually he he winds up to be the team leader, and he writes two-thirds of our New Testament. And, you know, I want to kind of finish with this thought because I don't want to go too long today, and I'm going to pray for all you men. But, you know, here's a man that God had assigned to write two-thirds of the New Testament to impart the Word of God to our heart. And I will say this, you know, when you look at the four Gospels, what you see is a photograph image of Jesus Christ. You see a photograph image, like where we see Him on the cross, we see what He's done. But the epistles is the x-ray vision of Jesus, what he did for us at the cross. And you know, Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you. And he said that to his disciples when he was on the earth, but he said, you can't hear them now. So he said, but you will when the Holy Spirit comes. And so after Jesus went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit into the earth. And and it's been said about the epistles that the epistles are the advanced teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Words that were unspoken in his earth walk, that he took with him to heaven, but then he downloaded into the Apostle Paul and into Peter and James, and now reveals them to us. And so I would recommend in your Bible study and reading, spend 75% of your time in the epistles, because it's there that you learn what Jesus did for you at the cross, how we are new creations. And I really love the uh, testimony of our brother that he's been clean for the last Uh, three, three and a half years from drugs, alcohol. Uh, You know, we also, my brother and I, we came out of the same background. And I'm telling you, the power of God uh, is so powerful. Not only it raises the dead, but it raises up dead lives where our futures were dead. You know, there's no hope for our future and so many people in that situation. And, uh, but from the up and out to the down and out, Jesus Christ is the answer. And so, um, as I, just prepare your hearts right now because I'm kind of aware of the time frame that we have. We have about 20 minutes or so. But I want to encourage you um, that if you will focus on what Jesus has done for you, and I'll give you one verse of Scripture just to start out with, and put those verses in your mouth of what He's done for you at the cross, such, such as 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things are passed away. All things have become new. And I put that in my mouth back in 1983. And I began to speak that over my life. I began to declare that over my life. And, uh, and verses such, such as those verses. And what happens is the reality of what took place at the cross begins to become real on the inside of you. And it literally changes Uh, it changes the way you think, it changes your perspective of life, and God, by the Holy Spirit, begins to customize and show you His path for your life, whether it's business, and I've had some experience in that area as well, so even as a preacher, God can lead us into business and also all sorts of things. So as I pray for you, I will say this, don't have limitations in your mind of I'm a this or I'm a that or whatever. 26 years ago, 27 years ago now, when I started pastoring, I said, I don't even care if you call me pastor. I'd I'd prefer not to even have those limitations on my life. I'm going to live my ministry, live my life out of my heart. 
Because sometimes when people put a label on you, all of a sudden you think, well, I got to fit into this box. You don't have to fit into any box. Just keep your heart open to God and you just watch what God can do through your life. God's called you to the supernatural life, supernatural provision in your life, supernatural direction in your life. And so, Father, I pray for all of these men today that are listening uh, to the words of my voice right now, and most of all, to the Spirit of God, the voice within the voice. I pray for all of these men that are sitting there, and, and some may think, well, I'm just a carpenter, I'm this, I'm a that. No, we break that in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that the men that are listening today, that they will realize that uh, yes, there's a natural identity, but God, that you lift our hearts, you lift the men into their supernatural identity in Christ Jesus. That Lord, that you bring us out of the natural into the supernatural, I pray. And I pray today that as they worship God in the next service coming up, that Lord, their hearts will be even lifted to a, another level, Father God. And I pray over their businesses, Father God. I break all lack and uh, limitations, Father God, and I pray for the favor of God over businesses and employment, uh, those that may be struggling with drug addiction and these things. Father, I thank you that that's no problem to you. Lord, I, I just thank you that you break that in the name of Jesus, and Lord, that you lift these men that are struggling and show them what you have already done for them through the cross, that they are delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ, that by the name of Jesus Christ, every demonic power is broken. And Lord, I speak healing over marriages. I speak to these men, uh, powerful men of God, because the final verse of scripture I'll say is this, Paul said this, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I say over these men today, that by the grace of God, on the merits of the shed blood of Jesus, these men, they are who you say you are, they, that who you say they are. They are saved, they are born again, they are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they're uh, men of action. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, bless their marriages, bless their families, bless their lives, I pray. And Father, this Sunday, such a special day, Lord, I pray that Pastor Matt's uh, church, Father, I pray that that whole church, the presence of God, be strong there today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Okay. That was, I was trying to juggle a bunch of stuff at once, but let's just go around the group and let's share what stood out to us and what, and what Pastor Lawrence shared. And we can go a little bit uh, deeper. Did everyone catch all the notes? Darcy, look like you got some. Okay. Um, uh, just what really stood out to me was just don't have limitations on your life. Don't uh, don't put yourself in a box. I love that. Even even the fact that he would say that I don't go around, you know, with with the label of pastor, right? Because even that can be limiting. Yes, there's an anointing on it. Yes, there's a calling on that. But we can put ourselves in boxes just in, even in ministry. We're like, who are you in Christ? Who, is, who does Christ say you are? Because and we try to encourage everyone in this church and our host team, when you meet somebody for the first time, don't ask them, hey, what do you do? Say, hey, what are you passionate about? Because we believe God has placed things inside of the hearts of those men and women and children you know, that they're designed and destined to be who God has called them to be. And it's their difference that creates the reward. And when they start to align that with Jesus, then that assignment follows the alignment. 
right? And so if we can call out the things that he has placed in their heart a long time ago, instead of labeling them, hey, you're not, who you are isn't what you do, right? It's who God says you are and who he's called you to be. So that's really good. Uh, and James? Just, uh, quickly, um, you know what I got out of that? I appreciate what Darcy said very much, so I, that was powerful. Uh, I really got... We need to be so careful about the declaration over our life that comes out of our mouth. Because whether we put ourselves in boxes or say we don't fit in that box, like five-filled ministry, well, I'm not this, I'm not that, you go through the list. But also, we have to be so careful about what we say about ourselves. And when he said, I started declaring over my life, I'm a new creation, the old has passed away, I thought... It wasn't just that declaration alone, because that's a good one, obviously. But it was more like, we need to be declaring over our lives who we are in agreement with God's word. Uh, I don't want to say that was necessarily a revelation to me, like I didn't know that. But it just drove it home again, like, we need to talk about ourselves the way God talks about ourselves. Can you imagine if you made that declaration every morning? I am a new creation, the old has passed away. So we say, you know, we talk about living in 3D. The first is to discover, discover, develop, deploy. But if you live a life of discovery, we've been talking about this in our marriage um, classes that we've been doing, that, you know, you, you look to discover something new, not just about yourself, but about your, your spouse or your loved ones, right? But if it starts with you, because if you're not being made new every day and you don't know that you are a new creation, then what you perceive is what you receive and you will start to project what you reflect. Does that make sense? So we need to know who we are in Christ. And hey, I am a new creation. Right? If you wake up every morning and say that and speak God's word over your life, you will shape the world you live in by God's word. Not just you. Yeah. Anyone else have a, a takeaway? Pastor Morris? Yeah, I loved it when he was talking about um, the Apostle Paul and how many years from his encounter to when he was actually not even a team leader. He was just part of a team. And, um, and as, a, as a pastor, and I say that without limitation because it was never my strongest point, <laughs> but um, uh, what, what I've seen over the years is oftentimes we get in, and, uh, and I was fortunate enough to have mature people around me when I got born again. So when I came out of my background, it was everything was instant. I had to do it now, I had to do it today, I had to... And what I've seen is that oftentimes when people don't get planted in the house of the Lord... They don't get planted in the house of the Lord. What ends up happening is they've got a call in their life and they end up chasing that call and somebody will come along and, and take them and exploit them and then discard them. And I have watched over and over and I can't even tell you how many people over the years because they wouldn't get planted in the house of the Lord. They wouldn't get submitted under authority. They wouldn't work within the confines of what God had for them in that moment. They ran off and they did something because they had a call in their life and they completely missed what God wanted them to do. And now they're out selling real estate or they're doing some other crazy thing when God had a definite call on their life. And the Apostle Paul could have done the same thing. He could have said, man, I'm a Pharisee. I got this. I know all of this stuff. This is a piece of cake for me. And he could have ran off and completely missed what God had. And we wouldn't have had the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament for us. There's a lot of wisdom there. I don't know if you guys caught all that, right? Getting, being planted in the church, getting under the right authority. I, I'm telling you, in this 
in society does not want you to be planted and does not want you to be planted in the body of Christ, right? But Pastor Morris's life is a testament of that, right? Like he's been through test after test after test, but he wouldn't be uh, VP of Victory Churches uh, Canada and running our missions board and having everything if he didn't have covenant. And he, in, in the Victory DNA, there is covenant relationship. But you don't get covenant relationship unless you have it with God and you are planted in his house. So when you find it and when you're called to it and you know you're called to it, then that's, it's like a relationship, right? You know you're going to have storms. Jesus said, in this world you will have storms, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And you know what? The gates of hell are going to try to come up against us as the church and the body of Christ, right? But not even the gates of hell will prevail because Jesus is Lord. But it's true, it's, and it's tough to be planted and rooted when sometimes you're planted and you're at the seed stage and you're underneath the soil and it feels like you're in the dark and you can't see what's going on. You got all this pressure on top of you, but you just trust the Lord. And then even when you do grow, right, what happens? What grows up around you? Weeds. <laughs> There's a whole message there, but that's good, Pastor Morris. Who else? What's Delton? Coach Delton. Thank you. Uh, so if you don't know, one of my passions is uh, ministry in the workplace. It's just something I've done since I met Pastor Matt, uh, and he encouraged me a lot in that. And I like what he said at the end there was just because you're, uh, we'll just go with carpenter, just because you're a carpenter doesn't mean that you're just a carpenter. And I love that because for like even Jesus, he was a carpenter. He built, he created and then when the time came, he was basically going around being a missionary and he took that and he used that to his benefit, like just how to communicate with tradesmen and look at who was following him was a lot of tradesmen. And so he knew how to communicate with them. There's a whole, there's a whole ministry in, in our workplace. And uh, I think it gets overlooked a lot of the time because we just get in a bubble of uh, like, I just want to get through my day and get home, get through my day, get home. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I think, a, a big opportunity there, for sure. Beautiful. Yeah, look, we just heard it from Larry this morning. Big opportunity right there in the workplace. How about men in the box seats up here? You got anything, Andrew, Dave, that stood out to you in the message? Um, I just like uh, when he mentioned uh, like Paul's encounter and how like it was like God, who are you? And then God, what should I do? Kind of thing. And I don't know. It just brought up some memories, and I just uh, I don't know if anyone hasn't had those encounters with God, like that they can just kind of ask for them because the two encounters that right away stood out to my mind was when I became saved. I literally locked myself in my closet because I just didn't know who God was. And I said, I'm not going to leave here until you reveal yourself to me. And um, I was like nine or something. And uh, God totally revealed himself to me. It was super powerful. And then also when I got married, I went up on a mountain, uh, went up on a hike. I'm like, I'm not leaving this mountaintop, God, till you tell me if she is the one for me or not. And sat up there for a long time till I got really hungry and had to go down. And then uh, halfway down, I sat down. I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm. 
And all of a sudden, he just revealed himself to me, and, and I got a big resounding yes. And um, I don't know, it was just kind of cool. Like, Paul has that story, and we, we all have those stories. It's kind of stood out to me a little bit. This one's a, it, it seems like it's probably a bit of a, a smaller thing to, to the outside, but to me it was a big thing for me. Um, I was probably, I'm going to guess, seven or eight years old, um, and it was kind of like my first real encounter with, with God. And I was working with my dad doing construction. It was cold out, and we were doing uh, exterior finishing, vinyl siding at the time. And... Uh, I had to go take a leak. So I'm like, Dad, I got to take a leak. Where do I go? He's like, just go in the bush over there. I was like, okay. So I go in the bush, and uh, I go take a leak, and my hands are frozen. So after I'm done, I go to snap my corduroy pants, because I'm you know, I'm from the 70s or whatever, right? <laughs> the snap button, corduroy pants. So I go to snap my button, and, and I literally can't do it. And I'm trying with all my might, you know, I'm, and I'm yelling back at my dad. I don't see my dad anywhere. He's working on the house somewhere, and I can't do it my button. And I suddenly remember the Bible stories about how when people would pray to God and, and miracles would happen. And so I just prayed. Like, I remember praying and just being like, God, please help me. And as soon as I did that and I tried, it snapped my button. And it seemed so small, but I know in my heart, I knew then and I know now that it was God. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of my first encounters. So, oh, I love that. Um, and we'll never forget those things. When you know that you know that you know you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's because uh, we got some time, and you know how I love the Word of God, and I want to read through it. Let's read through um, Acts nine. Verses 1 to 6. Uh, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, and he went to the high priest and asked him for a letter to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he was nearing Damascus on on this mission, a brilliant light from heaven suddenly beamed down upon him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Okay, so what stood out to you guys on Saul's encounter there? On verse 5, and he said, Who are you, Lord? If you go to Romans ten thirteen, it says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that's when Paul got born again. So what I like about that, and it's also in our notes, but... He gets saved in that moment, but instead of just going on in his merry life and saying, I'm saved now, I'm good, go to heaven, he asks the second question, right? And it's like, what would you have me do? Bam. 
And then he took his instructions and did what, what Jesus asked him to do, what God asked him to do, and that makes the whole difference. I love that, Coach Vince, what you said. We don't always get the bigger picture, do we? Sometimes we just get the next step, and then we, but we fail to move forward because fear holds us back. We're like, well, Lord, I need all the pieces of the puzzle. I just told you to go. Kind of like when, uh, when the Israelites were at the Red Sea, right? And they're crying out to God. Remember that? And they cry out to Moses. And then Moses is like, hey, just watch what God will do. And then Moses cries out to the Lord. And the Lord says, why are you crying out to me? Get a move on. Go, right? And he has them go right through, right through the water, you know? And so I think something, the same thing. We get so caught up because we don't get all the instructions, you know, but we need to trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding and always he will make our path straight. And you know, just, he's just saying, hey, trust me, why? Because there's gonna be times you don't understand. Just seek me first in all things and all things will be added unto you, right? Just trust me, go with me. If I say go, go, I'll give you the rest of the instructions there. You know, if we had all the pieces of the puzzle put together before we moved from Alberta, gave up house and home to come be here as part of this church, we wouldn't have come. But we were going on the word of the Lord and the confirmation and under the authority of uh, Pastor Morris and of Victory Churches of Canada, and we heard, go, so we went. We'll figure out the rest when we get there. Well, what about this? How are you going to do this? You know, what's, how you gonna, how's, the Lord will provide. We're going to go. We'll just go, and then, and he's still giving us the next steps and the next steps every day. But I think that's important that we know, number one, is God calling you? Because it was Jesus calling Saul, Right? would be later known as Paul. If God told him to go, then you go. God tells you to, just like Peter, he didn't get out of the boat until Jesus called him out of the boat. He said, Lord, if it's you, call me out onto the water. Right? How many of us just want to jump out of the boat? We want to jump ship. Right? Even there's times and seasons we need to be rooted and planted, and then we want to jump ship. But is God calling you to jump ship? Is he calling you out? He will, like, he'll, he'll call you out of the boat on his time, not ours. His way, not our way. Right? Is that not true? But, but the main thing is the call. Know that Jesus, if he's calling you, he's called you. And then you get out of the boat, and then you'll walk on water. But if, if he hasn't called you, you're going to get out of the boat, you're just going to sink. Right? But remember, all those disciples had the same opportunity to get out of the boat. Only Peter got out of the boat because only Peter was called out of the boat. <laughs> what else? It's funny, uh, you know, I love how God works, uh, and doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, God can say something fresh to you. So just right now, I was like, oh, what am I getting out of this? You know, I loved what Vince said. That was awesome. That was so good. Um, but this is what really just struck me right now, and I've seen this before in a different passage. Now, do you guys know the story of, you know, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, as it's called? And so there's a crowd of people and only she gets healed in that whole crowd. And, and, and the disciples, because Jesus says, who's touching me? And they're like, well, everybody's touching you. Oh, no. But there's one who has received power, and, and she was changed. And she walked away from that day with a testimony. All the other people are like, yeah, we were at a great event today. So listen to this. The men stood with Saul, stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. And what I'm seeing here is how Saul had a life-changing experience with God in, the, in a group of men, and the other men did not have it. 
Now, they might have later, and maybe, you know, maybe they all got saved, but, but this was Saul's moment, and yet Saul's moment didn't just come in the forest, which was a great story. I think that's Dave who shared that. That was a great story. But this was in a group of men, and they did not have the same experience he did, and I think that is just the awesomeness of our God. Oh, what stood out to me was, here's Saul, lived out his whole life as a Pharisee, knew all the religious, you know, duties and still when Jesus called him had to ask who are you you know like he obviously didn't have that relationship with him he had gone through all the motions thought he was actually doing it all for God but still who are you Lord didn't even recognize the voice of the very one that he was he thought he was serving so just I don't know to me that's like man we can go through all the motions and still miss the voice of God if we're not attentive to it can have religion, but it will be relationship that will lead you to revelation. Right? You can have, you can, you, you can know the Bible, you can know the word, but do you know the word? Do you know God? I, because he is the word, because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. You know, you can have your way, but do you know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think that's so true. And any one of us can get stuck in that tension, right, of going through the motions, because that goes back to the, the whole teaching about our labels, how it can put us in that box. Oh, this is what I do. Or, you, you know, I, I am this. I am the cameraman. I am media. I am a father. I am, no, but who are you in Christ? You are a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ. Those are things that you do. That's not who you are, Right? We are all uh, called to to serve the church, and uh, I got that from Pastor Morris when I when I first started. That I realized I wasn't called to position; I was called to serve. And so, if I'm called to serve the church, one day it might look like chairs, the next day it might look like vacuuming, the next day it's like, "Hey, I get to do this. I get to do this," you know. And it's not that I'm not called to a position. If you get stuck in a position, you'll never really find your purpose, right? Uh, but let's just pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for the revelation that through your Holy Spirit, how you spoke um, through Pastor Lawrence, but also through the men in this house as they read your word and, and it breathes life and reveals things that are in our heart, in our body, brings things forth, Father God. And Lord, what you brought forth and what we've discovered today, give us the, um, give us the boldness uh, to develop that, that area, how we are a new creation in you. Lord Jesus, and, and just deploy these men today, too, in their giftings and callings through your word today. And if there's anything said today that wasn't of you, well, we just pray it would drop dead. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the, the roots that are taking place in our hearts, uh, in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.